0: Are you sheltering in place, isolated, feeling alone? <coughs> well then, you're just like us. Hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the quarantined hit, it's time for... suck a tash shut in. The Soundcast stimulus package featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcast. And now, here's your host for this episode, Tyson, Tyson. Sainer! In
1: Sainer. In Sainer. In estes me, Tyson Sainer. Duncan Bill Haywatt, for the lovely introduction. I am your host of this week's edition of Suckatash Shut In, the Soundcast Stimulus Package. It's episode 222 this week. Last week, Mark Hershon hosted episode 221, which was called Guest in It Up with Pat Kelly and Peter Oldring. And it was a pretty entertaining listen. You could still find it and all of the previous episodes at www.suckatashshow.com, and of course, Soundcast streaming services like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Laughable, Podbay, just to name a few. But you are here for this week's show, and I do indeed have clips for you. I've got clips from City Mouse, Country Mouse, The Bloody Bits Horror Show, and Cold Collars Comedy. I've also got an advert from our longtime made-up sponsor, Henderson's Pants, and a reading from our other 100% fake sponsor with the 100% real website, TrumpPoetry.com. Ready? Let's go. First up tonight, City Mouse, Country Mouse, from uh, City Mouse, Country Mouse, all squished together as one word. Its description says, Writers Nick Brown and Catherine O'Hara tell each stories about life from the city and life from the country. Hmm. And uh, so the clip I've picked out is uh, from June 26th of 2020. This is from their first episode called Episode 1! exclamation point In which they introduce themselves and describe how they met. In this clip is a peek inside a time period slightly later than that. For context, it was revealed early in this episode that host Catherine had recently had an erotic dream about other host, Nick.
2: One thing that we might also mention about our time together in New York, and maybe we'll just leave this as the last sort of detail for today. Do you want to tell about your final job before leaving the city?
3: Was that the one I worked for? The the girls that did Reiki. (laughs) Reiki and massage and uh, other... Treatments modality
2: you're referring to prostitution though right
3: yeah i mean we obviously can't uh, know the names of these women and uh,
2: no of course not it
3: was uh illegal business and it was three hundred dollar hand jobs basically
2: <laughs> i don't know how i feel about that i don't okay. i feel like it's priced incorrectly but i can't tell if it's high or low
3: <laughs> It was, a, it was a mid-range parlor. Um, I I guess some of the girls got pretty big tips. The, the narrative was, was that it was uh, Wall Street gentlemen that sort of just wanted a little touch and a little uh, hang time as well. Uh, you know, they the way these gals did it, so these two gals, like they kind of, one owned it and then kind of passed it off to another one. Uh, Uh, It was, it was crazy. Uh, You know, the owner, so the first owner, you know, told me how it worked and these guys would knock on the apartment of the month, you know, because they had to move quite often because people would figure out what they were up to. And, but when the man, you know, knocked on the door, you answered it wearing a little robe or you know, a dress, a sexy dress, and you got the guy to drink, and then you changed into your crazy underwear, and then led him back to the room that had, it was painted pink, and it had sconces and doilies, and there it, it was a massage table in there, so, I mean, that's when shit got real, I, I guess.
2: The doilies strike me as a surprising detail.
3: Well, it just (laughs) looks very feminine. Doilies might be a stretch,
2: but it was... It feels to me like a fifth-grade Valentine's Day party is sort of the doily scene.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they...
2: Did they give them candy hearts afterwards?
3: There there were a lot of towels and uh, hand sanitizer. Uh,
2: Yeah, well, of course. I mean, that's... But, you know,
3: uh, I... I mean, I sort of uh, worked for them on the periphery. I was more their friend, and they would give me money to, like, um, help move. And I would hear hear these stories, and I would meet some of the girls, like the employees, like like, we would all meet at these nightclubs. And I was, like, country mouse. I was there in my overalls. But uh, these women were just insane, the way they looked. Like, I don't know where they got their outfits and their, their hair and their nails and their jewelry. It was... It was a little intoxicating just seeing all that glamour and, you know, we had car services take us places. We had a slave named Larry. That was his title? Yeah. He, uh, he uh, the, the, the owner, uh, call her Jane, uh, she put a Craigslist ad, I believe for a slave because we needed somebody to wash the, the linens. The business oh. needed some hand washing and that's what, and the floors needed to be scrubbed. Preferably while listening to uh, Venus and Furs, you know, that uh, Velvet Underground song, Shiny, Shiny. Yeah. And, and like on repeat and that.
2: To be clear, you never told me about this while we lived together because we lived together in a non-carnal arrangement in New York. We were roommates. Mm-hmm. And this particular episode has turned out somewhat accidentally to be more sex driven than I would have expected. But go figure. Well, you know, it's the through line. Your erotic dreams. <laughs> Everybody has them. Catherine. It's all right.
3: It means you're normal and healthy.
2: <laughs> it's just, it's just a part of growing up. <laughs>
3: Yeah, it was it was it was interesting because I I liked you so much, and I don't recall liking you that much in real life. I, bet,
2: I yeah. liked
3: <laughs> you so much in this dream. It was,
2: <laughs> I don't think the air quotes that you put up are gonna show in audio. <laughs> but for the record, there were air quotes around liked. If you like the show,
1: you can reach out to Nick Brown on Twitter at NickTBrown, that is N-I-C-K-T-B-R-O-W-N. Uh, the show and Catherine O'Hara do not seem to have a Twitter account. And uh, in case you hadn't figured it out by now, it's not the Catherine O'Hara that just recently won an Emmy for Shit's Creek. And you can find their main website, which apparently is listed at citymousecountrymouse.podbean.com. Next up tonight, the Bloody Bits Horror Show. From Eddie the Axe Jefferson. It is described as a weekly discussion about all things horror. Movies, television, books, video games. We cover the history, behind the scenes, and philosophy of it all. That's right, the philosophy of it. So this is a clip from a show from September 1st of 2020. It is actually episode 8. And it is on the movie Videodrome. So the uh, description says, Hello, all you horror fans. Here is a prestige pick myself, and I assume that's Eddie the Axe, and Faustus discussing what might be David Cronenberg's best work, Videodrome. And then, uh, in now usually in their descriptions, they'll say things like, uh, please remember to subscribe and all that stuff. But this one says, please remember to subscribe and tell a friend and then long live the new flesh, which if you've seen Videodrome, you understand that reference. Anyway, it's kind of an in-depth, uh, discussion of video drum, as evidenced by the clip I'm about to play for you.
4: I, can I make a, another a, sort of another theoretical kind of observation as well? Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah, you know, there's sort of layer after layer. Like, there's the layer of this is adolescent. This is the realization on film of of an adolescent fantasy. Absolutely. This is a liberation from social conventions you've been taught all your life about what you're allowed to do in literature. And then there's a sort of a third level that struck me is that this is often a movie about and the listeners will have to forgive me for the use of this this term but what i would call ontological violations now the idea of the ontological violation is sort of you're mixing modes of being in a way that becomes very disturbing counterintuitive and unnatural that's that's it's uncanny that's highly abstract but let me give you a more concrete example in our normal everyday commonsensical sane view of the world There are living things, and then there are not living things, right? And some category of, a subcategory of not living things are things that used to be alive, but are now dead. Yes. But there's, in legend and fiction, we have a lot of things that cross that line between the living and the dead in a way that we find very disturbing. The vampire being a classic example, right? These are things that have certain aspects of being alive. They have animation they move autonomously, Mm -hmm. they appear to have sort of cognitive life, they plan, they talk, they speak, but they're not like living things, all right? They don't participate in normal biological processes of being alive. They rely instead, in the case of vampires, for example, on a bizarre kind of parasitism that upon those things that are living in order to sustain themselves. And this is this paradox, this something of which ordinary good sales tells us cannot be generates a sort of arousal that combined with the fear of the fact that these things are preying on us generates horror. Frankenstein's monster is another example of an ontological violation as well. Uh, it's something that shows signs of being alive, but it's been cobbled together out of dead parts this is frightening and it's also it's a paradox of the creature itself so I remember the famous line in um, Bride of Frankenstein a movie I think which was superior to the movie for which it's a sequel where the, the creature says we belong dead but unfortunately it couldn't belong dead it's in a paradoxical state between being a, lo- a living thing and a dead thing you know there are all sorts of other kinds of paradoxical violations of this line between living and non-living with, as you said, things that are uncanny and examples of things that are frequently uncanny are dolls mm-hmm. or puppets or statues, because these are objects that look like us, but they aren't us and they aren't alive and they shouldn't be alive. But the resemblance is kind of close and it can make us kind of uncomfortable if you look at them in the wrong light. And what if that doll does come alive, right? Well, unsurprisingly, there's a lot of horror around dolls that come alive. You know, in the in film, you think of like You know, Chucky or Annabelle or creatures like that. Those are, those are ontological violations. They, they're moving around on their own. They shouldn't do that. Sometimes, sometimes in in classical, more classical sources, you have things like statues that come alive. All right, you think of the commendatore in Don Giovanni that, you know, invite, gets invited to dinner and shows up to become an agent of supernatural retribution. If if you're interested in this, have you read Thomas Ligotti's uh, The Conspiracy Against the Human Race? I have have not, it's on my list though. I'd make this a strong, this is a strong recommend I think for anyone who likes horror and who likes this podcast. Because he writes with a great deal of eloquence about the sense of horror that attaches to the self-willed puppet. In, in fact, for him, it's a it's an even deeper level of paradox because, in Legati's view, all of us are just self-willed puppets that don't recognize our own nature. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Now, another kind of ontological violation. And here, I think we're closer to Cronenberg's obsessions in themselves. Uh, is that between the biological and the technological, right?
5: Yes. We, we yes.
4: intuitively divide the worlds, in, again, into living and non-living things. The living things are like these pulsating, breathing, curvy, imperfectly shaped, jiggly things. You know, they're kind of warm and they have things flowing through them and so forth. They're inviting. Right. They're, they're comfortable. All these things. Yeah. Then there are things that are technology, that there are machines. These things are angular and they're hard and they're inhumanly... Symmetrical Mm -hmm. and these, you know, and, and you know, they don't, they're not that complex in terms of how they're put together compared to the biological. Yes, And things that cross between these two lines, again, they generate this kind of frizzle. There's something that we see illustrated a lot of times in video drums and pretty much everything else that I think Cronenberg commits to film. Mm -hmm. And these things, you know, there's usually a sense of horror. Although it's interesting because it's not entirely clear to me that Cronenberg always feels that way. I've often heard him say in commentary that he sees this technological nature of the human species often as a kind of liberation. And for characters, some characters in Cronenberg actually embrace their degeneration or their transformations as liberating.
1: Now, if you want to hear the rest of that, you can find their episode, of course, on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and whatnot. I found them on Podbay. And uh, they are all on a Twitter. I think I managed to find everybody. That's the show, Eddie the Axe and Faustus. And of course, the show is at bloodybits.com, which is B-L-O-O-D-Y-B-I-T-S dot Ah, can you smell it, friends? Autumn is in the
0: air, crisp and cool. The smell of wood smoke and the leaves turning and falling from the trees. In honor of the autumnal equinox, Henderson's Pants is pleased to introduce their new autumn leaf behind pants working with the fine folks at Monsanto and the latest in chlorophyll technology Henderson's has created a pair of trousers that literally change themselves from the moment you slide your legs into your new autumn leaf behind pants they begin a subtle but discernible shift in color they start out as a pair of rather dull run of the mill tan chinos but within hours you'll be delighted as they become more brilliantly hued in a spectrum of breathtaking colors. Greens, reds, yellows. It's like your very own legs were taking a drive through the fall splendor of Vermont. You'll want to pay close attention to your autumn leaf behind pants because within days of activation, they begin to crinkle, crumple, and drop off in leaf-shaped patches onto the floor, which is why they're named as they are... The Henderson's leaf behind pants, once they'd fallen off completely, leaves you with nothing but your behind to show for it. <laughs> Originally designed for romantic country drives, hayrides, and Helga Klantz the Amish stripper, Henderson's Autumn Leaf Behind Pants can be found inside corn mazes and haunted houses. That's Henderson's, maker of baggy drawers and granny panties since 1841. And now, back to succotash. This episode of Suckatash is sponsored in part by Trumpoetry.com, a chronological ode to a fake muse. Enjoy a rhyming spin on the news of the day every day, as well as over 500 archived daily verses thoroughly covering the White House, America, and the world with a sticky caramel coating that's impossible to remove. That's T-R-U-M poetry.com. Everything you need to know in rhyming couplets. TrumpPoetry.com.
1: Yes, TrumpPoetry.com. Got three short ones, all from the beginning of September. First one is from September 1st, 2020. It's number 141. Those socialists throwing that fit? Donald says he'll protect you from it. Then tell you with pride? Law and Order is his guide. But in fact, he likes stirring up shit. And the next is from the 2nd of September, 2020, is number 142. When Trump's interviewed on Fox News, he just spews out whatever he chooses. Biden's sick. Portland's burning. Anarchy is churning. I so hope this corrupt liar loses. And then after that is September 3rd, 2020. This is number 141, it says. Hmm. I have a feeling that the one from the first was actually supposed to be 143, now that I'm looking at all these here on the page. Oh, well. Number 141. Trump's latest tweet storm was quite nice. He wants this election on ice. Since the Dems are all frauds, just even the odds, making sure that you vote for him twice. Right? Right. And finally tonight, Cold Collars Comedy from Cold Collars. Its description says, Ramblings, utterings, musings, debate-ings. There's three dots between debate and ings. Mediocre sketches and the occasional uninspiring improv song from Paul Rich and Ryan Brandon of Comedy Duo slash Entity Cold Collars. Uh, I've chosen a clip from the show from August 16th, 2020. It's from an episode called Flat Derpers. Its description says, Flat Earthers, who are they? Where did they come from? Are they human? Should they be allowed to breed? These are the questions we strive to ask and answer in today's episode. And there's a little more here. It says, also, we have a special guest, friend, and former Emmerdale actor, Mike Parr, joining us in this episode for Hardy's Hardest Hats as a third Hardy, and for why did they give them one star, the one star movie review game? Yes, this is a regular feature, this one star movie review game. Um, I actually gave an answer to them recently, and uh, they gave me a shout out on Twitter for answering their questions. So they're pretty interactive. Now, in this clip I've got for you, it does not have guest Mike Parr, but... Uh, the hosts read the tweets of flat earthers and those who tweet at them.
6: So we've got some, some tweets here, which from flat earthers and the flat earth society, which is just incredible. I think the first one I need to read because it's probably the most famous flat earth society tweet is, is this, (laughs) the flat earth society has members all around the globe. Now first they've put around mm-hmm. and secondly they've put globe
5: <laughs> <laughs> amazing that amazing is,
6: that is really funny it's the mad thing like you said as well that they 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 say oh yeah no the sun and the moon are around it's like why why are they why are they round we're not <laughs> like scientifically why <laughs> uh yeah amazing there's another one as well this is about like uh the elon musk he say he says he he tweeted them saying why is there no flat mars society which is a very humorous question um because you know why isn't there and then they replied saying hi elon thanks for the question unlike the earth (laughs) unlike the earth mars has been observed to be round we hope (laughs) you have a fantastic day (laughs) so the earth
5: hasn't it's just—I could just see the the images that they that they they would want to see in school textbooks. Would be like the the images, of the famous images of the solar system, where the the sun is round, Mercury is round, uh, Venus is round, Earth is flat, <laughs> Mars is round, Jupiter is spherical. <laughs> like it's just why? And then it's like, oh, funny how nature works. Like, why would the yeah. Earth be any different from anything else?
6: Yeah, they just it's the whole can't explain it. Yeah, yeah, it's the whole thing of they, they, they look up from where they're stood and they're like, well, oh, everything's round, but what I'm stood on is flat. So that must mean that we're different. It's like, no, it's because you're looking from one side. <laughs> <laughs> if you went up to Mars and then looked the other way, you'd see that it's round.
5: Yeah.
6: Oh, they'd oh. be like, oh, Mars is flat. that's what that's all they'd see (laughs) yeah (laughs) like i got to mars lads and uh guess what flat as well but it looks round from here yeah i know the earth looks round from here so maybe we had it the wrong way around (laughs) (laughs) um Uh. so there is a very outspoken tweeter um called Tilla tequila i don't know if she's famous at all i'm not really sure
5: what's her surname
6: Uh, (laughs) mockingbird
5: we...
6: I think I think Tequila Sorry. is her is her last name. Uh, her handle is Angel Teela Love. Good. Uh, there you go. Uh, apparently, she's an expert. Uh, so here's some of her her amazing tweets. Why are all the buildings in NYC standing straight up? If Earth was round, then some of the buildings would have a slight tilt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Now, what's depressing is that that has had uh, one and a half thousand retweets, and that's when that was posted originally. So God knows how many it's got now. I hope that over half of them are being, you know, doing it ironically. But I can only hope. Okay, have another one. We can't, it, it?
5: We can't get that many retweets, and we. I know. <laughs> maybe we should, just... but maybe, but maybe we probably haven't tweeted anything half as funny as that. We should, yeah.
6: <laughs> we should just come up with some absolutely batshit mental theories as well. Um, everyone's legs are made of jelly. Um, there we go. Uh, right, another one that Teela Tequila's put. If the Earth was a spinning globe, then how come airplanes can still land without crashing? Because the face of the Earth is flat, not a globe. It. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, you had a few good ones there, didn't you, as well?
5: It wasn't even that good a tweet. It was just someone had sort of challenged them and said, like, so, like, in fact, their tweet didn't make any sense. It was basically saying that, the, uh, like, if it was a sphere, it would have a hollow middle. So, basically, it's more like a ball. I, I was like, what? And they were like, oh, don't get us started on hollow earthers. We don't talk about them. Not since the incident. <laughs> So there's think... a hollow earth society as well.
6: Who believe that the earth is hollow. <laughs> Do you think that someone like that, like, <laughs> someone watch Men in Black, and then when at the end it just turns out we're in a snow globe? They were like, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, or no, we're in a marble. It's marble. Oh yeah, isn't th- it? first one's a marble, isn't it? Uh, which our galaxy is in. Oh, yeah. I feel like is it the second one where they they come out, they open a. don't oh, know, it's second or third where they open a little door, don't they? And then they're in. The they're, the they're, they're, the Earth is like living inside a um, a, like a locker or something, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Um. Maybe they maybe they think that the Earth they're like oh well you know if this was Men in Black the, you know we're pretty sure the Earth is actually a giant coaster for other aliens <laughs> and uh, yeah, every now and then when mugs we have rain on. they put their mugs on yeah and that's, that's
5: why it goes that's why it's night time
6: <laughs> yeah when there's an earthquake that's because it's a big mug of tea that's come down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when it's night time when the mug comes down. (laughs) There's there's like a picture of a moon on the bottom of the cup.
1: (laughs) I've got the show, Paul Rich, Ryan Brandon, and Mike Parr. All their Twitter uh, information here, which you can probably find at the blog. And you can go to the website, which is coldcollars.wixsite.com forward slash comedy. Now, coldcollars is C-O-L-D-C-A-L-L-E-R-S. Then there's a dot. And then Wix, for those of you who have not built your own website with Wix, is W-I-X-S-I-T-E. And then there's another dot. And then com forward slash and the word comedy. And that about does it. Now, all that remains is for me to thank you for listening and remind you that I really do hope we, at the very least, gave you something entertaining to listen to for the last plus or minus half an hour. Did we do that? Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you can rate and review us to let us know how we did. It's been quiet in the old feedback department lately. At any rate, Mark Herschel will be back for episode 223, and who knows what he will have in store for you at that point in the future. I'm as curious as you are, I imagine. That's really all I can do, is Imagine if you don't say anything. But honestly, thank you for listening. Be decent to each other, and remember, asymptomatic spread is a real thing, so wear a mask in public so you don't inadvertently murder someone close to you or otherwise. Because, really, you can't count on that sort of thing only affecting a stranger, and in general, you should care about them, too, because misery in the world is already plentiful, so why add to it? Oh, and please, pass the succotash.
0: You've been listening to Suckatash Shut In, the Soundcast Stimulus Package, with your host Tyson Sainer. brought to you by Henderson's Pants, TrumpPoetry.com. and imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on iHeartRadio, on YouTube, on SoundCloud, on the <laughs> laughable app, and tattooed on your mother's rear end. You can hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at T-Y-S-O-N at SuckatashShow.com. Or call into the Suckatash Skype line at our toll call number, 818-921-7212. That number again is 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcast directly to us using our direct upload link at Hightail.com slash U slash Suckatash. Production of Suckatash is overseen by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Sainer. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is still Kenny Durgis. And until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please wash your hands and pass the Suckatash. Goodbye.